Hello and welcome to Success Stories. I'm Kendra Hall, Chief Storytelling Officer at Success Magazine, and this is the podcast where we sit down with the brightest stars and the boldest thought leaders as they share their stories so you can create your own success story. I'll admit, I am an overthinker. Sometimes I have a great idea, and almost as soon as I have it, I start thinking about why it won't work, or over planning, writing down all of the steps instead of just taking the action. Now, make no mistake, I have been a longtime reader and follower of Success Magazine. I've heard all of the things about action is better than inaction, that perfection is the enemy of progress, and yet I still find myself not doing, just thinking, and then eventually forgetting. If you have ever struggled with this same thing, man, this interview is for you. And if you haven't, if you are an action person, then this interview is for you as well because it'll give you that fire, that confirmation that your willingness to jump in and just do is exactly the key to your success. Let's get to it. Today's guest is Tarek El Moussa. Now, you may know Tarek El Moussa as the star of HGTV's hit series, Flip or Flop, now in its seventh season. He received his real estate license when he was just 21 years old and quickly made a name for himself, moving properties in his native Southern California home. After the housing bubble burst, he carved out a niche for himself in the world of real estate, flipping distressed properties. Tarek also stars in the HGTV series Flipping 101 with Tarek El Moussa, where he draws upon his enormous success from flipping over 300 homes to helping novice renovators get in the game and recently launched a new website, investwithtarek.com, where real estate hopefuls and enthusiasts can get in the game with Tarek himself. Tarek, welcome to Success. We are so excited to hear your stories. I'm super excited to be here. Hey, first of all, now this is mostly on audio, but I can see you here via video. I know there's some debate about the beard. I like it. I give two thumbs up to the you beard. The two thumbs up. It's like 50-50 in the household. Heather loves the beard. Taylor does not like the beard. She wants <sighs> this thing gone. Yeah, so how do you... So this wasn't going to be the first, but how do you navigate that then, right? If it's 50-50, can you just like, are you, you're just going to go with it. You know, I, I got to go with it because I'm already pot committed. You know, once I put this beard on TV, I got to keep the beard because of pickup <laughs> scenes. So I told Taylor, honey, you got to wait till next season. <laughs> it's true. Oh, so you should, you should be planning ahead for next season to see what the facial hair looks like. Hey, it's a real thing. Like I know, like my hair color, it's got to stay the same because it's, I get it. So Tarek, actually, aside from the very important conversation with the beard, I want to start with probably the question that I should ask you last, but it's the question that's on the top of my mind recently, and I'm sure on the top of the mind of a lot of the listeners. You know, the reason you're here is because you have achieved success, at least to the outside world, right? Like I mentioned all of your achievements in the introduction, like you've 
I, I said earlier, like you were in my living room. Like I've, I've seen you, like you are the guy. Yeah, it's been a journey, you know, 10 years on TV. That's crazy. I was wondering because I remember seeing you when I was pregnant with my first child. My husband and I would watch and I was like, wow, it's been 10 years, hasn't it? Yeah, so it's wild. A decade into it now. Yeah. What does success mean to you today after everything you've learned? You know, man, there, there are so many different types of success, right? You have personal success, you have financial success, you have physical success. You know, but for me, success is a feeling that I'm chasing every single day. You know, for me, success is a high, it's a feeling. And like when I think of success, I think of setting massive goals and working my butt off to obtain those goals. And the second I reach those goals, I feel like that's a success. So success for me is just that amazing feeling of accomplishing something that you put your mind to. That is, I love that idea that success, I think so many people miss that, that success isn't, it isn't, um, it isn't a object or a, it's no. a, it's a, it's a feeling. It's something. It's not a number. It's not an object. It's a feeling. It's the way it makes you feel. So, and this this has been on my mind lately, and I've had a few other conversations with guests on this podcast about what happens when you achieve success. You get that feeling. Do you immediately switch to what's the next goal? What's the next thing? Or do you take some time to celebrate that feeling? See, that, that just comes down to experience. You know, I'm 39 years old today and I can tell you I've had many successes throughout my life. You, you know, a young rookie real estate agent at 21 years old making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, oh, look, at, I, 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 I already forgot what we were talking about. What was the question one more time? Wait, so do you stop and celebrate? Do you stop oh, and celebrate so, your oh, yeah, that feeling right. of success? Yeah. So, so here's the thing, you know, like as you get older and as you get more experience, you change, right? So years ago, I would accomplish a goal or I'd get that feeling of success. And then I would take a break. And then there was points in my life where I would look around and say, wow, I'm successful. And that word successful to me means you've made it. The word successful to me is you're done, you've made it. Like you're successful, right? So, you know, over, over the years, it's just like, I'd accomplish these goals and I'd be like, that is a success. And then I'd feel successful. And then once you start feeling successful, you start feeling full and you start slowing down, you start becoming complacent. And you know, it's just, it's experience and more time goes on. You, you Maybe for me, I start feeling less successful and I want to become more successful. And then I start setting new goals. It's, it's crazy though, because like the goals I set today are so much bigger than the goals I even thought about 10 years ago right? So it, it's like, you're never chasing, you're, you never stop chasing success. It's like the, the entrepreneurial spirits in your blood. And you just keep setting goals and accomplishing goals and accomplishing. And that's kind of the journey of an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. So let's actually go back. Let's go back. So I'm doing math here. You're 39 now. I know that because I'm 39 too, for a handful of days. All right. Same to, age. I'm going to hang on to that 39 year, but I want to go back to 21. So that is when your real estate career started, right? Like that, that was right at the beginning. Can you tell me, can you take me back to that time? Like, how did you get into it? How, how did you know that real estate was the place for you? And did you have any idea that now at 39, this would be your story. No. So, all right, I'll, I'll give you the, the quick rundown. So, you know, I was, I was out of high school. 
I was trying to go to college. I was not a good student. It was like the most stressful time of my life. I couldn't find parking. I couldn't find my classrooms. I couldn't find my pens and my pencils. Like I was not a good student. And, you know, at 20 years old, I, I was uh, 19, 20 years old. I was selling kitchen knives for a company called Cutco. I think everybody's oh, yeah. Cutco. And I was actually making good money. I was, I was selling these knives and making a couple hundred bucks an appointment. And I was a young kid. I got my first place. And this was a long time ago, 2000, and I think it was 2002. And one day I lost my sales book. Okay, so in my sales book, I had every single lead, client, phone number, every single thing I needed to run my business. So I'm at a Washington Mutual Bank in Cerritos, California, and I'm standing there looking at this ATM. This is a true story. And I'm like depressed. I'm miserable. I'm looking at my account. I'm totally broke. And I sigh. I, I give one of those, oh man, my life sucks. And I look to the right and I see this sign. It's a crooked sign. And it says, wise old owl real estate school. And I had, a, I had what I call a defining moment. And a defining moment is a moment in your life that changes the trajectory of your, of your life, right? So that was a defining moment. I looked over, I saw that sign. I was like, man, if I could sell these knives, I can sell houses. I know I can do it. So at that exact moment, I got out of the knife business. I got in the real estate business and here we are. Wow. I, I love, I love that story. And I'm sure like, do you remember the day that you realized that that notebook was gone? Yeah, I do realize the day. Like what happened? I want to hear about that. Like, I want to hear about that. Like, cause I bet that was a low, low for you. I was, I was a kid and, and, and it was my first like, you know, sales job and I was actually making decent money and I couldn't go back to a job making minimum wage because I just got my first apartment. I had a car. I bought my motorcycle. So I had bills, but I was a kid. So I had to figure out a way to make money. And, and I just fell into real estate. But my, my real estate journey was, it was a wild ride. You know, my, my first six months in the business, 20 years old, I was young, hungry, motivated, worked my butt off and I made zero dollars. You know, I made nothing. And it was, I remember it was a depressing experience. You know, I was just out of high school. I was ready to take on the world. And I told my parents, I'm thinking about quitting real estate. And um, one day I'm in the, the real estate office and I hear these two ladies talking about this real estate coaching event that was coming into town. And I also heard them talking about how stupid real estate agents were for hiring a coach and paying a coach to teach them how to make more money. So I was sitting there as a 20 year old kid. Okay. And I was an athlete and played football, baseball, ice hockey, wrestling, like you name it. So I had coaches my whole life. And I was sitting there young and dumb enough thinking like, wait a minute, you're, there's coaches for business. Like, I didn't even know that existed. So I was listening to these ladies talk and then I ended up going to the event that they were making fun of. And and this speaker, man, he was a genius. Like I was in this room at a a Sequoia Athletic Club in Buena Park, California. And man, this guy made me believe I was the smartest guy alive, the best looking guy alive. I was gonna be the richest guy. Like he made me believe like I was unstoppable. And um, at at the end of that event, you know, I, I handed the coach a note and it said, you don't know who I am today, but you will one day. True story. And he doesn't know who I am today, by the way. He so, does. so who was yeah. it? Who was it? His name was Mike Ferry. And I was a 20 year old kid when I handed him that note. And, um, you know, I signed up for coaching and here's what happened. Like I was young, hungry, motivated. And I was like, okay, here it is. You've been in the business for six months. You're broke. I gave myself 90 days. I gave, I was 20 years old, all up, right around 2021. 20, I gave myself 90 days to prove to myself I can do it or quit real estate. And I had to do it because I signed up for coaching on my credit card for a thousand bucks a month that I didn't have. So all I knew is, was I had to get listings. So he said, go after expired listings. And an expired listing is a house that was on the market, didn't sell, 
and then another agent goes and gets it. So this is wild. I, I went from making no money and then within 90 days, I ended up making $120,000 in commissions in my pocket. That was my cut. And actually, I actually created three, I believe it was 300,000 in gross commissions in 90 days because I had to split it with a partner back then or with the company, 50%. So like literally overnight, making $0 a month to $40,000 a month. And, and that's why I love real estate. Like, you know, I scream it at the top of my lungs all the time. You can make life-changing money super, super fast with real estate. You can. And, and, and how do I know that? Because I'm someone that did it. Yeah. But but let's not let's not let's not give real estate all the credit because there was a lot of you. Oh, it was that, like, sorry, no offense. No offense. It was all me. Like, listen, like right? I they, they were they would call me crazy when I was a kid. I was like kind of famous in Orange County for like being this like young hustler real estate agent. But people don't understand when I say I, I worked hard, I didn't work hard for a week, I didn't work hard for a month, I didn't work hard for a year, I didn't work hard for three years. I dedicated 10 years of my life getting into the office when it was dark and leaving when it was dark. That's how I became the Tariq El Musa today. I just, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the fastest guy. I am always the hardest working guy. And if you work hard, you figure things out faster than others. And, and you're willing to do, let's not, let's not forget that expired list, like for people who aren't, who don't know real estate, who haven't ever like expired listings, calling those people, it's like the worst job ever. Like yeah. they're, because they, every, you know, like that is not, that's not easy work. The worst, they're yelling at you, they're calling your name, they're cursing at you. But here's the thing, I made it a game. My game was a contact game. So my goal was to talk to 60 people a day. Yes, I said 60. 60 people a day. So if someone said, hey, F you, Tark, I'm like, yes, 49, almost to 60. Like, you know what I mean? Like, make it fun. You I know, love you that. just gotta go. Like, I was relentless. I mean, I'm knocking on doors. I don't even know, I don't even know what to say when they open the door, but I'm knocking on the doors. And, you know, and, you and they can say terrible things to you. Like that, oh, that experience. Things. I had people like pull their pit bulls at me. I had one guy following me around a backyard with a machete one time at a flip in Compton. I mean, I've seen it all. Oh, and that, so, so let me, I want to go back even further than, than real estate. And, and I don't know the answer to this question, but I would imagine that your first entrepreneurial foray was not even, it wasn't real estate. It wasn't Cutco knives. What was your first hustle as a kid? My oh, guess is you sold something. First hustle as a kid. All right. So I, I, when I was like five, six years old in that age, we, it's awful. Yeah, Me and the neighbor kids, we used to draw pictures and we used to go door knock door to door and sell them for, uh, for quarters. So I, I, would, I would make money by selling these ugly little paintings. And then when I was like 10 or 11, I got these, these little books and, and these catalogs for kids and you can sell things to kids and get points and get toys. So I did that when I was like 10, 11. And then when I was 15, I started a clothing company called Subliminal Clothing Company. And I was so excited about it. The shirts came out so cool. All the kids in my school loved it. It was becoming popular, but it turned out I filed the paperwork wrong and another company came up with the same name in San Diego and they put me out of business. No. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 15. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. You were put out of business. I went for it. I still have a box of t-shirts at my mom's house. Hey, actually, maybe we should talk afterwards about how like the first like 15 listeners or who post a review can get my one. Yeah. Okay, well, well, I'm going to keep going. So I'm not done yet. So okay, I okay, okay. So wait, 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 let's do a recap. We have the, the little photographs. We have the books of toys. We have the t-shirt company where you got put out of business at 15. I would mark that up as a yeah. success. Oh, and then, let's and keep then going. After, 
And after that, I did Amway, which is oh. uh, also known as Quick Star. And I found myself with 400 rolls of toilet paper. There you go. Um, and then after no, that, hey, hey, that is on that's on trend right now. So that, that is on trend. So good for Amway. <laughs> and, then after that, and after that, I did something called prepaid legal, huh? which actually was really cool. It helped me with some legal stuff when I was a kid. And then after that, fell into real estate. So that's amazing. I fail. I've failed at many things. You know, you just got to keep going. You got to keep trying. Well, and I think that's the important thing to remember is each one of these stops on this journey, like they may seem like a failure. Like I bet, and maybe you weren't because I can see you as a guy who was just like, okay, I got put out of business at 15 with my t-shirt company. I'm just going to keep going. But there are other people who maybe would have come up with the idea, made the shirts, done all this stuff, and then get put out of business and be like, that's it. That's the end for me. This is it. But each one of those mm, failures becomes like makes the whole thing a better story but it's experience you see if i if i didn't have all those failures back then i wouldn't have all the successes today because i wouldn't have learned those lessons right like now i know it's pretty important to file the paperwork the right way you know like stuff like that like this stuff's important you know I love that. And actually just a side note for all parents, because now I feel like a failure as a parent because my kids, they, they have the entrepreneurial spirit, especially my son. And he keeps trying to sell his artwork. My daughter, she too, tries to sell her artwork. And I'm like, nobody's going to buy that. I shouldn't tell them no. I should let them try. They, to will, sell they will buy it just because it's cute for 25 cents. All right, I'm 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 going for that. Okay, we're gonna do that. All right, so we've we've gone. I mean, through- well, I used to get in white vans and try to sell alarm systems door to door. I used to sell water systems out of the back of my truck in the Rouse parking lot in Buena Park, California. Like I've done it all. Gosh, I love like this is. I did not expect this conversation to be so fun. I should have known better. I mean, I, I knew it was I, gonna be great, but this man, is awesome. Literally, I remember like when I was working when I was working with uh, Amway years ago. I, I bought this water system. I made this big sign. I put it in the back of my truck, and I would sit in the Ralph's parking lot with like things of water. Be like, who needs water? I didn't sell any in the Ralph's parking lot, but I tried. You tried, and that's all that. And again, you got the experience. You're like, oh, it's all yeah, about. Honestly, location, the key location, to my location. the key to, the key to my success is trial and failure. Like I try everything. Okay, I try it, fail, doesn't work. Try, fail, doesn't work. Try, 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 fail, fail, fail. Try works. Hit it with a thousand percent intensity. Try, fail, try, fail, try, fail, try, fail, try, it works. Hit it with a thousand percent intensity. That's how you get it. Mm. Okay, so let's go to one of the the big successes of your trajectory here, which is the show, of course, Flip or Flop. How how did that happen? Like, uh, how so You're going to like this. I've been, this is more of a recent thing. Do you know that I came up with the idea and pitched the show Flip or Flop before I ever flipped a house? I did not know that. Yeah, it was a wild idea. So I'm going to tell you what happened. I want to hear it. You want to hear it. So I was a, a young real estate agent, 29 at the time. This was after the recession. I'm totally broke. I'm like a bum again. I can't pay my bills. I'm like, what happened to my life? You know, after making all that money at a young age. And uh, I'm at this real estate event. This is 2000, uh, 2010, early 10. I'm starting to, you know, make money again. I'm feeling a little bit better about myself. I, I moved into a little nicer apartment coming from a million dollar house, by the way. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I was feeling better. And I and I'm go to this real estate convention in the very front row. And by the way, it's the same Mike Ferry real estate convention that I, d- I went to when I was a you kid. You went back to the same one. You're like, same you know one, what, it worked it before, let's do it one, again. Yeah, it was a big one in Las Vegas and there's about 5,000 people. And I sat in the very back of the room. I didn't get much sleep. I wasn't feeling so good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, my friend was a VP of a real estate company and he had seats in the very front row of this event. And he told me, hey, there's two seats right next to me. I saved, you can have them. 
And in the front row at these conventions, you know, it's like the VIP sits for yeah. the people that make money, the ballers. And I'm like, shit, I don't belong up there. I'm like, all right, I'll go. So I go with me and my ex-wife and we're sitting in the front row and we're in Vegas. I didn't sleep much and I don't feel well. And apparently it's visible. So this guy runs across stage and he hands me Advil and water. And of course, everybody's staring at me. I'm like, crap, you know, there's thousands of people. And, um, you know, at the break, they came up to us. You know, we were young, dressed really sharp. You're a decent looking couple. And next thing I know, we start talking to all these successful people where normally successful people don't talk to us because we're, we're the nobodies in the back, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to this guy, Brady, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I have a local TV show in Palm Springs, California. I'm like, with local TV show? He's like, yeah, I talk about real estate and, and you know, I go to the grocery store and people recognize me. And I was like, well, yeah, it's cool to be famous, but do you make money? He says, yeah, of course I make money because they know me and then they buy from me. So I'm like, bam, right at that moment, I'm like, man, TV, this guy's a genius. And then the next day we get back from Las Vegas, we're sitting on the couch and then it hit, and I was sitting there and I was telling Christina, I'm like, listen, we got to get on TV. This guy I met, he's on TV, he's making all this money. We got to get on TV. And then she's like, well, what are we going to do on TV? I'm like, and, I, and, then I was, and then it hit me. I had literally just bought my first flip a few days before. So I'm like, why don't we flip houses on TV? So it was like 10 o'clock at night. I came up with the idea. I started Googling LA production companies. I started sending the, uh, emailing my ideas to the castings. I sent our pictures, our bio. And, and then, and then we, they responded the next day. I was like, holy crap, they actually wrote back. So we did the home video and um, they loved the home video. Then from there, we did the two-day professional shoot. And that was the sizzle video, which we sent to all the networks and nobody wanted the show. And finally, like I gave up on it about 10, 11 months later, I'm on the golf course teeing off and I get a call saying that HGTV wants to do a pilot of a show called Flipper Flop or no, not Flipper Flop. I created the name Flipper Flop, by the way, too. That's I came up with the name Flipper Flop. Yeah, they took it you. from me, Network, but I came up with it. I gave it to <laughs> hey, you. Hey, we know where. Yeah, I yeah. Gave it to you guys would love, though. Uh, where was I with my story? No, that you're on the golf course. You get the call. Oh, I get the call. So then, okay, so then we shoot the, 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 the pilot, it's summer of 2011. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, it's going to take a long time before, you know, if you go to series, the odds of it making it's very low. A week later, we get a contract stating they want to do 13 houses in 10 months for season one of a show on HGTV. But there was a problem. Do you know what the problem is? You need money to buy 13 houses. You need money. You need houses. You need to know what to do. And I didn't have money. I didn't have houses. And I didn't know what I was doing. So, of course, I signed the contract. Yes, that is. <laughs> I. <laughs> so, I remember having a conversation with my ex at the time, with Christina. I said, well, listen, what's the worst that could happen here? So, well, they could sue us. And I, I looked around in this little crappy apartment. I said, well, really, what can they sue us for? <laughs> like, what can they, I mean, they, they can take the credit card debt. They can take the upside down cards. It's okay with me. So what happened was I put myself in a position where I just had no option to fail. Like failure wasn't an option. So I literally learned how to flip houses that first year. And I did it by working overnight until 4 a.m. every single day. And that's what I did. I was living off three to four hours of sleep. And, and, and I just worked, 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 trial and error. Okay, I Google like how to flip houses. I'm like, oh shit, now what? Okay, so I try this, I try this, I try this. And then I start getting creative, trying my own ways, trying my own things, trying different color letters, just doing all these different testings, right? And what happened was I figured it out because I put in so much work so fast. We did a few houses the first year, then we went to 18 houses, then 46 houses, then 88 houses, and we just grew every single day. And today we flipped close to 600 houses. And this started 10 years ago, and I had no idea what I was doing. Okay, 
we need to take a break. We need to, not an actual break. Don't go anywhere. But like, let's let's recap. Let's unpack a little bit of what just happened here, because I'm thinking about all of the people who are listening to this and, and like eating it up and loving it as much as I am. But we, we need to think about this for a second, because. All right. So let's go back to that moment where they you're like going to sign a contract. And I know those contracts are not like, oh, here's a piece of paper. Sign. They're like they're like a Harry Potter novel. Right. right. Like it is like we're going to take you for everything. A lot of people, if they were to even get to that point they would have said, oh gosh, no, we, and instead you looked around as like, well, there's not a lot to take. So let's go for it. We humans are possible of anything we want. This is the most powerful thing in the world. This builds computers like mm -hmm. this brain. They build computers. Think about that. Like your brain is so powerful. You just have to go for it. For me, I believe if someone else can do something, I can do it. There is no difference between someone else and myself. So if I see someone flipping houses, I'm like, I can flip houses, right? Mm -hmm. If I see someone throwing a baseball, I'm like, I can throw a baseball. It's just putting in the work. The problem is people fall short because they don't put in the work. Yeah. You can't achieve success. You can't achieve greatness without putting in the work. And, and the, I mean, the work that you, that's something that's been a, like a common theme as we've been talking. Like, like all, the truth about like super success, it has to be an obsession. Your life has to be work. All I thought about for a decade was work. I didn't think about anything else. I thought about how can I become successful all day, every day, subconscious, subconscious. How do you become more successful? And then because you're always thinking about it, then you start seeing opportunities. You start mm -hmm. becoming more creative because you're always in that mindset, that success mindset. And you were also very open and that that was the other thing that I wanted to make sure to point out you because you were in that success mindset that obsessed mindset. You saw opportunities when they present not everybody would move up to the front row. They would think of all the reasons why they should stay in the back at that event. Not everybody, when somebody was like, hey, I'm on TV, they would hear that and be like, wow, that's cool that you're on TV, but wouldn't take it to the next step of what could that mean for me? Like you're, the openness that you had and have, I, I, I think is a really important thing. Like you would, you would hear a cute, like that crooked sign that you saw while staring at a zero amount bank account that first got you into real estate a lot of people would see that would no 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 they wouldn't even see that sign they would they would ignore it completely and i i think it's important that we point that out yeah you know like like for me like like you know true success is like it's seeing the result before taking the action that's that's a quote of mine i've always loved seeing the result before taking the action you know it's like you want to be a, a house flipper what does that look like you know so like how do you like you, you want to see what it looks like to be a house flipper right you're flipping houses you're living that lifestyle right mm -hmm. so that's the result you want to get to then you got to ask yourself well how do you get there well you got to start with one house well how do you start with one house well you got to find one house well how do you find one house well you better learn how to find that first house you yeah. see it's just a process you want to flip a thousand homes a year you got to start with one how do you do one you got to figure it out yeah if you do one you can do two if you can do two you can do four you can do four you can do eight as you do more, you get better. And as you get better, you make more money. Yeah, but, but you didn't let that. And I think the last, like that last thing that you said, like you were just up late, you were like, hey, I'm just going to send the email to pitch this show. And you That's just hit really send, even though you're like, oh, I don't know. Like you just, I mean, if you're listening to this, send the email, just 
just do it. You know, like, here's the truth. Like I was the obnoxious kid. I bothered everybody. I asked so many questions all the time. I was the most curious SOB alive. Like I wanted to know everything about everything. You know, just don't be afraid of it. Who cares what people think of you? Like, just go for it. It's your life. So now let's let let let's let's look at something else here because it hasn't necessarily been like a straight line and now well, you're been, riding it's, off it's into the sunset. A, it's been a straight nightmare. My journey to success has been a straight nightmare, but any entrepreneur will tell you the same because it is a nightmare. But mm-hmm. that's what you have to go through if you want to make it. I'm telling the truth right now. You have to. I have battle wounds. I have scars. Like it, it's a it's a lot of wars to get here. So you know, can you tell like go for it. Take me back to one of those wars that maybe would have taken somebody else out of the game. You know, I'm just like, here's the thing about success. Like, like I was telling you earlier, you know, like here's the truth about it. Like this is for the listeners because I want them to understand. Mm -hmm. I'm not some like rookie, like, like some superstar hotshot genius guy. Like I'm not like I'm a dude from Buena Park, California that figured out if I work my ass off, I can become successful. Like that is it, you know? And, And and, and it's just been not quitting. Like I wanted to quit for, for, for years. Like I, I didn't become like really successful until like 10 years of really, really, really killing myself. Well, no, I, you know, I made a lot of money young, but I'm talking about like, you know, hitting a big level of success. It takes years and years and years. And in 2007 and eight, I went like four or five months without a paycheck working like a hundred hours a week. You know how much grit it takes to show up to that office knowing you haven't been paid in months putting in 16-hour days? But that's what you need. And, and, and the truth is, I was not a happy guy on my journey. I was, I was a really miserable SOB a, a, a lot of years in my 20s because I was so stressed out trying to become more successful. So it takes a, a big toll on you. You know, and, and I don't think people that are becoming uh, that want to become entrepreneurs realize what the commitment that, that they have to make to being an entrepreneur. It's a battle. It's a war. It takes a toll on your body. It takes a toll on your brain. But if you can break through and just keep pushing, the secret is be miserable, but keep pushing. And eventually you break through and you find your success. And that's how it worked for me. So would you like looking back on uh, the different stops on the journey? Like, is there anything you would now, and you said this, this, it all comes with experience all along the way. You're learning, you're editing. You're like, oh, I did it that way. I'm going to try it this way. Are there any, are there any lessons that you learned that changed your approach? The most valuable lesson I learned, which I've learned recently is don't beat yourself up. Mm. Don't beat yourself up. I, I mean, I would beat myself up every day. I would, I did not have the best, uh, you know, inner talk. I, I would, you know, tell myself, you know, I, I, you're better than this, you know, stop being such a loser. You can do more, you can do better. Why are other people better than you? And that negative self-talk, it, it's toxic. You know, you want to keep that out of your body. And today my, my inner, my inner voice is all positive. Anything's possible. You can accomplish the world, like, you know, feel good, be good. So it's a different voice in my head, you know? So the road to success is a rocky road. Don't beat yourself up. Don't don't be down. You're gonna you're gonna fail over and over. People are gonna tell you no. They're gonna tell you you're crazy. They're gonna tell you you're stupid. But just keep going. That's it. That is because you would think that. I, I mean, it's almost like um, it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? Because you're saying like, hey, you're better than this. You can do more. Which sounds like, in some ways, like the language of success, right? Like, hey, you. But interesting how there's a dark side to that. There's a dark side to oh, that. Oh, it's a very dark side to success, man. Like the, you know, to 
it's just, just years and years of, you know, struggle and trial and error and emotional roller coasters because it doesn't happen fast. You know, I'm talking about years and years of like putting in a crazy amount of work. Yeah. Is it worth it when you look back now? Worth every second. Yeah. Worth every second because, you know, I put in that work early on and now for the rest of my life, I know what I've built. I've built a foundation. I know my future. I know my direction. I'm happy. I'm whole and I wouldn't change a thing. So let me, let me ask you this um, question as somebody who has like, you're, you're a public figure, right? Like you are your success, your failure, whatever it is, like you are available for the world to consume. That's like a, that's like a price tag that came with your form of success. Now on a much smaller level, uh, our listeners, or maybe some on the same level, I don't know who's listening, um, we have that we have that struggle with the naysayers with the people who are and you were talking about that inner narrative with the people who are writing our stories for us who are telling us who we are who are saying this about what we've done or haven't done or done wrong or done to this or to that um how have you been able to maintain authorship of Got your it. own story i'm a lone wolf always have been always will be i'm a lone wolf i don't i don't i don't i don't you know I, I i've never like really worked well with others played well with others i'm a lone wolf i don't care what other people think i don't care what other people say my future's in my hands nobody has control of my future but myself was there ever one of those risks that you took or, or things that you jumped on that didn't turn out that you were like, oh, gosh, I regret that. I shouldn't have done that. Any of them? Or do you see them all as lessons? No, every every single thing. I, I wouldn't change anything. No. I, I, I mean, all, all lessons, you know, it's 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 just it's been it's been a it's been a wild journey, you know, like you were talking about struggle and stuff, you know, season two of flip or flop going into the season. That's when I found out I had thyroid cancer. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and I was going right into season. And by the way, right after I found out I had thyroid cancer, I also found out I had testicular cancer. So the year that I was fighting the two cancers, going through surgeries, and I filmed through the whole thing, by the way. And then the network thought we were canceling the show. I said, I'm not canceling anything. I filmed like rolling into the hospital in that bed. I'm like, we are filming. I remember the scar. I remember. Yeah, it's, it's still there. It's pretty gnarly, you know. Yeah. Um, where is that going with that? I was talking about the cancer. Oh, I was telling you, but the, that year I, I struggled with cancer and I actually uh, quadrupled the size of the business. We ended up doing four times the amount of business we did the year before. And, and I found myself, you know, sick and miserable, but I was still pushing and I was still believing. And, and I still grew the company through those years. Wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that we get to choose, right? We get to choose what our struggles become for us is it is it a reason or an excuse to stop and for, and for everybody it's different but for you it was clear and you stay true to that so tell me this what is happening now for you what's next for you Tarek Ooh, all right so you know it's like I'm like I said I'm that guy that thinks anything's possible you know I, <laughs> I know I'm excited to hear real, this. like think about it right like I'm not a tv guy like I'm a guy that ended up on tv they didn't find me I put myself on tv and now I'm a tv host because of my new show flipping 101 so you see somehow I've become in the entertainment industry. I'm not only a real estate investor. Yeah. So anything's possible. They're like, Tark, do you think you can host a show? I'm like, sure, let's try it. Like, no problem, right? If other people do it, I can do it. So, mm -hmm. so what's next for me? Like, you know, real estate is my obsession. Real estate is my passion. Like 
Real estate has made me who I am. So I am most excited about my new company, which is actually going 100% live today. Yes. Big day for us. Hey. Yes. 100% live today. It's TEM Investments. And finally, people are able to, uh, accredited investors are able to partner with me on real estate deals. Wow. So starting today, people can buy these deals with me, partner with me, and invest with me. Oh, that is so that is exciting. How long has that been in the works? Oh, we've been working on this for a few years and it went live today. So we're going to be raising capital and buying multifamily apartments across the country. We just bought a nice building out in Phoenix. And if anyone out there is listening and you want to invest in real estate, you're a credit investor. I promise you, this guy knows what he's talking about. So send yeah. me a message. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. And you know what? I also see someday you on a stage in a, a room full of thousands of people who are needing um needing inspiration you, know, like, you want to hear i'll give you a funny story really quick you know i told you just go for it so yeah. I, it was about uh, two years ago i got invited to be a keynote speaker at this convention there was four thousand people there yeah. and i've never been like a, a, a keynote speaker before like ever i didn't like like ever so i get there and i'm behind stage it's this huge thing it's in orlando mm -hmm. and i'm talking to the guy put it on the event he's like hey how you doing i'm like oh, you know a little a little nervous just, you know, my, my first speech, he looks at me and his face turns white. He's like, wait, no. <laughs> he goes, what? I'm like, well, yeah, it's my first time speaking like this. He's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I'm not a speaker. So oh I, I, I get on stage and I, and, I, and I just go for it. And I tell my story just like I'm telling you now. Yeah. And I was so high and the whole crowd was screaming. They were having so much fun. They even laughed on my stupid jokes. You know, life's fun. You just got to go for it. Well, and I think the thing that you show, you exemplify above everything else is that be you. Like in every single one oh. of these stories, this is you being Tarek. Like, like, and, and no matter who that, you know, like it, that's, you're not everybody, right? Like you are you and you are just fully you in every situation, which is and that. I, I promise you, I promise you, I'm just getting started. So like the things I'm most excited about, I just told you about TEM investments. You guys can partner with me. And also I've launched my new online education program called Homeschool. So awesome. we are also teaching people how to flip houses. So if you want to be an active investor, you can work with me at Homeschool. If you want to be a passive investor, you can work with me at TEM investments. Uh, best place to find you online. Do we just Google you? Yeah, you can Google me really easy. I'll pop up. Actually, no, a bunch of weird stuff will pop up. I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> now you can find me on my Instagram, which is at the real Tarek El Musa. Perfect. And all of the information about everything he's just mentioned here will be there. Tarek, this has been awesome. I hope this is just the beginning of our story with a success. I, I love I love everything about who you are, what you're doing. Congratulations and so much gratitude for sharing your story. All right. And everybody, you get out there, you set those goals, you chase your dreams, you never quit and you make it happen. You heard it here first. We'll see you soon. If you enjoyed this conversation, look up an inch or down an inch and check out all of our previous discussions. You can find those at iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are sold. And of course, check out the latest issue of Success Magazine by heading over to success.com slash subscribe and get more inspiring stories like this delivered right to your front door. Be sure to give us a review on Apple iTunes and you can find me at KindraHall.com or on Instagram at KindraHall.
That is Kendra with an I. I can't wait to hear the stories you'll tell. Until next time. Until next time.